the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Get it on my leader right up to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. Welcome to the Buff Podcast. My name's Mark Isles and I'm the Chief Football Writer of the Bolton News. This is the Wanderers show for all temperatures. So go on, grab a Solero from the freezer and come and spend an hour with us. On the podcast this week, we get all het up about a heatwave. For whom the Unibowl tolls, we look at Bolton's new boy. Can you dig it? The fan zone is on its way. And shine a light. They've only gone and cleaned up the stadium. But before we dash headlong onto the news beach and bathe in the glorious sea of headlines, here is an advert. This podcast is free, and I hope that never changes. Another thing that's free is a 30-day free trial to the Bolt News Premium subscription. Until August the 1st, and yes, that date has been extended again, you can claim a free month, which lets you access unlimited Wondrous features, everything we've done before, everything we're doing for the next 30 days. It means you can look at the Bolton News website without all those annoying ads. It loads quicker, you get loads of free offers, but most importantly, you are helping to sustain local journalism in Bolton. I know loads of listeners that listen to the buff can't just nip down to the news agents and grab a copy of the paper from the corner shop, so this really is the best way of staying in touch. So go to theboltonnews.co.uk backslash subscribe, claim a free 30-day free trial, see what all the fuss is about. Stop Press, it's another advert. Fancy winning one of two season tickets for Bolton Wanderers this season? Well, all you have to do is buy a copy of today's Bolton News. You scan the QR code and then fill in the entry form online before July the 30th and you could be sat down at the University of Bolton Stadium watching the Whites ride to League One promotion. Fingers crossed, touch wood. Best of luck, guys. Let's get on with the show and introduce a man who told me off air that he reckoned he could beat Ricardo Santos in a foot race if he really wanted to. It's Henry Hewitt. Yeah, I put my mind to it and I worked uh, hard for about two years, three years. Uh, hit the gym every day. I would be within, I think I'd be within a chance. But hey, I don't want to embarrass him, not before the start of the season. It was all going so well. It was all going so well. What's happened? I know, I, I you know I was a I was at a wedding on Saturday, so I didn't really, um, you know, t- you know, it's the time goes by and you 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 forget what's going on outside of the world, you know, the the walls of the reception. And I thought, oh yeah, Bolton are playing today. Check the score. I thought three one at Carlisle. What's going on here then? Obviously, I weren't there. You were. What went on? Where did this performance come from? I thought we were. We were all boarding the HMS. <laughs> yeah, I think there's been a COVID uh, scare on the HMS. I think there's a few people jumping overboard. Um, no, it, 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 hopefully it's a it's a one off. It's a bad day at the office. It certainly was a bad day at the office. They they dominated possession as you'd expect them to do. They had a couple of good chances. Bob Varson had a couple of good chances. Um, they played okay, I thought, first half up until. Uh, Carlisle kind of broke through and then all of a sudden they just didn't find any sort of response really and and 
they went 2-0 down a couple of mistakes and we'll we'll maybe talk about that them in a in a bit but it's kind of defensively it kind of regressed a little bit from what we'd seen um and then it all all became a little bit rushed and panicked really in possession they didn't they didn't build they didn't back themselves as as Ian Everett often talks about backing themselves in possession and wearing and grinding down the 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 opposition um, didn't really do that. It all became a bit panicky and, and needless. They got a penalty just after half time. Morley scored that, and then two seconds later, they were picking the ball out the back of the net again, and and it was three one, and and they never never looked likely to get back in the game after that. So, yeah, I mean, they had a couple of good spells. There were a couple of decent, you know, bits of football which kind of married up with what else we'd, we'd seen in pre season. But I think it was a a good wake up call, maybe a well timed wake up call that. They're not always going to have things their own way. They're not always going to be able to, um, you know, do what they want to do uh, this season. And uh, sometimes they they might have to just get a little bit smarter. And I think that's what it, what it, what it boils down to is that they want to play a certain way, but they're not always going to be allowed to do it. And and that's that's the problem, isn't it? It is, yeah. And um, you know, I know the manager after the game said that well, if this is going to happen, it's best it does happen now instead of. Um, you know, in the opening weeks of the season. So, yeah, I think it is a... They're going to have to learn to, to win in different types of matches and there will be plenty of matches. As we saw last year, we have plenty of possession. They're just not, not clicking or the defence makes a bit of an error and uh, you've, you've end up against it. And you've got to... Yeah, you've got to learn how to come back and fight till the end. So, um, I guess a positive is that we scored a penalty this week instead of blazing it over the bar. So... <laughs> Uh, hey, we're we're a positive podcast. Let's look at that. Yeah, I mean, look, it's pre-season. You shouldn't really get too wound up about it. We talked about it before. They just extended training sessions effectively, but I dare say there were about five hundred folk who'd come up to uh, to Cumbria expecting to see uh, a glorious festival of football, and and they went home with. Uh, um, well, with, with exactly what the, the opposite of all I've just said was really, um, mm-hmm. it wasn't wasn't great. It wasn't uh, fantastic, but it was sunny. I have to say, yeah, it is sunny. Um, how about that heat, Henry? What about that heat, hey? I, I haven't noticed, mate. <laughs> um, no, it's. Uh, I actually got sick of um, places, and do you know, like, I don't know if the receptionist is there, or yeah, you know, yeah. you just make small talk. You go, uh, oh, the heat, because they, I think they must get it every single person. So I, I tried to think of stuff of different things, but there isn't anything else to talk about, is there? Because Bolton lost, so. No, the heat it is. No, it's a bit the like taxi, taxi drivers and asking them if they're busy. They must get it so many times, but it's impossible to come up with anything else once you sit in the back seat of a taxi cab. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what we else we could talk about. We could talk about Owen Toll. Owen Toll. Owen Toll. Owen Toll. <laughs> Owen Toll. Owen Toll is finally here. He's finally here. Um, but I noticed on one of the early social media posts that the club have already tried to start saddling him with a, with a tune. I think they put Spandau Ballet's gold over his, uh, one of his signing videos. Um, are they trying to set up a chance and are they trying to make his name rhyme with gold? I think they are. Yeah. Toll, gold. Gold. Doesn't work. Toll and goal rhymes, which uh, I guess we'd already have a chant that kind of, We've given to Doyle and Coyle. Um, we go. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I mean, the, we're, we're a very um, we're a very imaginative bunch as Bolton fans. So I'm sure if uh, if it isn't uh, gold, I'm sure they'll think of another chant for him. 
Um, chances are, with some of the chance, it'll be based on his manhood. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's uh, hopefully he does well enough to uh, to get a chance because um, uh, yeah, he's he's coming in as a bit of a it, it's it, it's a long term plan. Is that what they've said with this one? Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. I've just finished a, a piece for the paper on talking about what that actually means, really, for Owen Toll, because he's he's come in and and obviously he's been used to playing week in week out at a, a club that's been doing well. Derry, they're second in the league at the minute. He's played European football. He's played international football, youth team level for for Northern Ireland. So since the age of sixteen, he has been a, a, a regular first team player. And he's now coming over to England where he's come to join a first team. He's not a B-team player. They've certainly not built, built him as a B-team player. And they've been very deliberate, Bolton, with defining who's playing for the B-team and who's playing for the first team. So he could be in a situation now where he joins as a, a very peripheral figure at first uh, for however long it takes him to get up to speed or to, to get add anything to his game that he needs to, to do to be able to play in the League One. Um, but with Ian Everett billing him as this kind of longer-term project, I just wonder where he does fit in the whole thing. What sort of game time he's going to get? What what promises have been made? What um, you, you know whether whether or not he will get beating football? Whether he'll drop down and do a bit there? We don't know. But it's an interesting one for him uh, because you don't have too many people. Maybe George Thomason, who we might come on to later on, but. Maybe George Thompson is the only other example of a, a player in that first team squad that you can't really see getting regular games. Is that fair? Mm. Yeah, I would argue Thomason, perhaps senior, I guess, but I would mm. I would say that Thomason um, he's clearly well thought of. So I, I guess he would. I'd actually fancy Thomason to get more games in total this season. But as we said before, it, it's I don't know. It just it. We, you know, we're going to pick our, our starting eleven for the first game later, and mm. uh, that could that could be the first eleven. And then within a few months, it's totally different. And the likes of Toll and Thomason uh, have broke into the side and playing well. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's all part of having a good squad, and it's all part of something that we've not had for a long time—a squad full of uh, names. I think I read, um, I think you said that the the Toll is. I think we've got twenty, haven't we, in yes. the, the, yeah. the squad now? Uh, well, the, the squad that the players that count to the squad total, not including youngsters. So, uh, I mean, when was the last time we had twenty players? And you've got to say that there's not really maybe one or two that you could perhaps argue um, if we got promoted wouldn't be there. You know, I think everyone seems very happy with the squad actually. Mm. So it's mm. it's good to see. Yeah, I suppose you could you could lump Will Ameson or or Joel Dixon into that, but again, they they they're experienced players. Um, I just I just think it's interesting how how they're going to manage this tall one because he's he's come over, you know, a highly rated young man. They they certainly like him over there, and he's he's going to have a cult complete culture shift. Not only is it a different country, but he's not a first team regular anymore. So that's going to be something. It'll be interesting to see how he handles that one. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but also we've got the B team. Of course, the B team are up and running officially. We uh, we touched on the game against Atherton last week. Of course, they lost that one one nil. They were at uh, the hottest day of the year. Did you know it was hot, Henry? I had absolutely <laughs> no idea that it was hot on Tuesday. Uh, but Not the B team, the B team were at uh, Bamber Bridge. 
and uh, and and running around as if not a care in the world. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, well, they lost one nil. They lost one nil. Um, so that's two games, two defeats. They haven't scored a goal yet. Uh, I mean, I know what the answer to this is, but I've got to ask her because it's a podcast and I'm, I'm apparently the host. So, do you think <laughs> there's any any concerns to be had with two defeats and and things not necessarily hitting the ground running? Uh, yeah, I think they should uh, sack the board, Mark. Yeah, yeah, sack the B team board. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, I mean I haven't seen the game, so I, I I can't comment on how well they've done. I, I know Backer played the other day, and mm. uh, that'll be um, that's a good indication of the season where if there's players coming back, they'll get to play in the B team and such. But yeah, yeah, it's the B team for me. If if we finish. You know, you, you obviously want them to do well because they are playing the same style of football as what the the first team are. So if they, they're winning games, they're clearly used to it. But at the end of the day, the B team is 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 just there to 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 sort of blood players for the first team. So I would rather them lose every single game and us get five or six players from it come through and and play in the first team, or we can sell them on for money uh, rather than win every game five nil and then they get to the first team and they're rubbish. No, I agree. I, I would rather them be playing regularly. That's the only thing that I want from the B team this season is that there is a game every week, if not two games every week. Uh, you know, a regular schedule of competitive football, whether it be in the Central League or whether it be in friendlies, that's all I want to see from the B team so that, like you say, those younger players can be subjected to a style of play. And, you know, I'm sure that Ian Everett and his staff can watch a game of football and even if they are losing 1 or 2-0 or whatever it might be, they'll be able to pick out a player who gets it and a player that, who can step up as opposed to somebody that's not going to make the grade. So that's the only reason why they've, they've got that um, that duty as such. So, yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, uh, I think they've got a couple more friendlies before the start of the season at Warrington and Southport. I think there's quite a few Bolton fans heading towards Southport for a nice booze up on the uh, the seafront, which would be sounds sounds lovely, but um, I will be otherwise indisposed. I'm not going into that right now. Um, okay, so official pros and cons then. Right, so I've, I, I thought we'd, we'd lay it all on the line. It's been, we've seen pre-season now up to the final game, which is Saturday against Huddersfield Town. Let's look at the good and the bad from pre-season. Now, I've obviously watched every minute of every game, so I'm probably in a slightly better uh, better frame, uh, rather, to, to be able to judge it. So I'll, I'll go through my pros and cons and see if, see if you've got uh, anything to add to them. So on the, on the pros front, right, they're scoring goals. Wanderers are scoring goals. Obviously, started off with the nine against Longridge. They've, they added three against Chorley. They've, they, and they've been spreading them around as well. It hasn't just come from one man. We saw Catcher score a few. Dion's grabbed a few. Uh, Bakayoko's been in there. Uh, uh, Dapo's been in there. They, everybody's scoring goals, which is good to see. Morley got one from the spot the other day as well. Um, that is a, a definite prop. Oh yes, it is. <laughs> so I thought you were going to carry on. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, that yeah, it is a pro. We we are hoping for. Uh, we had two players score twelve or more last year, which is double the amount we had the season before, and and two hundred percent more. Are than the, the this is not a maths podcast, Henry. I no, it's not stop it quite clearly. Yeah, yeah. But um, hopefully we get if we. Because the thing is, if you get three or four that are getting more than ten, you chances are you you in the top two. So yeah, it's good to see. 
Right, I'm going to add another pro, and then I'm going to ask you for a comment. This is the way this is going to work. Okay, right. <laughs> I'm on it. Right. <laughs> Set pieces have been better. They've been better. Aaron Morley's delivery has been better. It was it was a little bit off against Carlisle the other day. But in general, corners and free kicks have been inventive even. That is a good thing. Yeah, it is. I mean, I haven't... Uh, obviously, I've not really watched the matches, so I can't, can't comment on specifics. But I can say that, especially the second half, since Morley's come in, really, yeah. the, the set pieces have improved a lot. So, yeah, now it's time to get creative with them. Uh, we scored a few goals at the end of last season, so hopefully we can we can utilise that. Because, I mean, it, a few years ago when Ian Everett said that we don't even practice them, there's no point. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, listen, I love the man, but that was one comment I thought, mm, no, we, we need to utilise these a bit more. So this one kind of combines its two points, but the, the pressing style, they've, they've introduced a more pressing style. It starts from the front. It looks like it's a bit more on point this uh, this summer um but also the the players have stayed fit and they look fit aside from a, a couple of little knocks getting at his knees going to be back on saturday bakioko as you say he was back in um playing against bamba bridge but the players look fit and it's it looks like the style has evolved slightly into more of a, more of a pressing style and they're going to need to be fit aren't they they are, yeah. Um, I, I mean, the pressing style, when you've got Dion Charles up front who doesn't stop running, um, yeah, you might as well, as I say, utilise it. So, uh, yeah, I can... Uh, and I think this, this is the thing as well, that you're looking down at League One and League Two, naturally, the vast majority of teams now are trying to play like Man City and Liverpool mm-hmm. uh, because that's what happens, isn't it? Whoever's, However the team at the very top play, the rest want to follow. Um but the, the the league one players, they're not good enough. So uh, I would argue that our players are actually quite good at it. But on the whole, um, other teams aren't good enough. So if you can be pressing them and give them no, you know, like like we saw against Watford when Lee scored, you know, mm. pressing the the goalkeepers, they're not they're not good enough to cope with it. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's something I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing in the league and seeing how many goals we can get from it. I think it's an interesting point you make, though, because you're right, more and more teams are playing this sort of style of football and you need defenders who can handle the ball, you get it under pressure, you know, the, the, have more of an awareness of the shape and the, the, the formation. So maybe this style of football becomes less effective the more teams that do develop it because you're going to have more defenders who can handle the ball, I suppose. Yeah, and then we'll have to think of a, a new way or... We'll have to wait. Who comes in after Pep and Man City and what? How they play, and then we we can all follow them. Yeah, Big Sam rides again. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so right, cons. There is a downside. Um, I've had to think quite hard for a few uh, few cons, but um, the big one, obviously, as we saw against Carlisle, as we saw against Wigan to a degree, as we've seen against a couple of the opponents. If a team sits in and says, "Right, you break us down, we're going to hit you on the break," Bolton still look. Uh, off it, for what of a better mm. word. Yeah, we. I, I mean, I know this was something they were they were working on in in the preseason training, just finding different ways to get in. And uh, yeah, it, at the moment, unfortunately, it's it's unless we've been on the front foot early on when we're trying to break teams down, it's it's not really worked. So hopefully, we can we can get used to that and sort that because they have that's it's a sign of a good team isn't it you know mm. teams at the very top man united did it for years that they can be 
they can be trying to break teams down it not work but they'll always find a way and they'll always get a goal you know and you could argue last year with the amount of late goals we got we 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 started to do that but you'd hope that in the league games we'd do it a bit more than what we're seeing in the the friendlies at the moment do you think that's coupled out it's kind of another point i suppose but inexperience that i think ian Everett said himself you forget how many young players they had in that team on saturday traff and Connor Bradley and Thomason and Morley, they're all kind of 21-ish, under 21. They're going to have to learn on the job, I suppose. Yeah, they are. And, you know, this is the thing is, uh, you know, you look at, say, Trafford and and Bradley and they've come from under 21s where um, it's not as competitive. Arguably, those teams play three competitive games a year in the Papa John's. But they're coming into a team now that every match is competitive. They've got, you know, we have nearly 20,000 fans every week that are wanting to see us win. And if we don't, we love a moan. So we're going to have to get used to it. So there's a, the pressure's on now. So the other con is one of recruitment. Sorry, is your, uh, is your smoke alarm going off there, Henry? <laughs> it's, uh, I think someone's getting a sofa delivered across the road. Oh, um, fair enough. Is it on fire? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't see it, but uh, going off the taste of what I know my neighbours have, it could well be. Do you remember the, the old the old shirts in the like noughties and nineties where they were black with fire printed oh, on? Oh yeah, I've still got it, a couple it, of them tucked away. Don't worry, <laughs> it could easily be one of them knowing my neighbours. <laughs> They'll come about again. I swear to God, when I'm about sixty, I'll be very fashionable again. I swear, it, fashion always does, Mark. It yeah. always does. Yeah, huge Chinese dragons across the chest. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why we thought they were good, but anyway. Um, so yeah, recruitment. Um, I mean, we've got told now, so that's one of the the big question marks. But right wing back, is there a, an obvious replacement for uh, for Bradley? Is Kieran Sadley that man? That's a slight concern to me. And have they got anybody that's specifically a, a replacement for MJ? Um, yeah, I think right right back. I, I would like someone in there who is. Uh, you know, in that position, you could argue that Jones maybe, maybe is, and now yeah. we've got enough centre defenders to cover him. But, um, but still, like, you can't bring another loan player in because, Brad, you know, why would you can't have another loan for the loan? Do you know, like, yeah, yeah, uh, because I don't think whoever that player's parent club is isn't going to be happy with that. But, um, yeah, MJ. Uh, you could argue Thomason maybe, but you, you need someone. I don't think Thomason's got that grit about him yet. He's not got that sort of. He'll he'll, he'll get a foul, you know. Like if we need to get a foul, break up a counter attack, and get a booking. I don't think Thomason has that in him. So yeah, I need. I think Thomason could do a job with M, uh, playing in MJ's position if we're playing. I don't know the likes of a team that's going to be near the bottom. Mm. Um, at home and we're going to win 3 or 4 nil. he could easily do that job but if you are playing a, a bit of a more nastier team say away from home yeah Thomason might struggle so yeah I would say we need a bit of grit in the middle Last last con and it's, it's, a, it's a theoretical one really but they've not made many changes they kept everything very stable are they relying too heavily on the momentum from last season have they levelled up enough to be able to push from ninth place into where they want to be, which is sixth and above? Um, I think so. I think, um, 
I'm I'm very confident, and that's not looking as a as a fan. I think that if you compare this team to the team that started last season, I think it's chalk and cheese. I think it's much better. Mm. I would say, I, I think having seen some of the you know the signings that Ipswich have made in Sheffield Wednesday, I, I do my doubts are there to say that we'll finish in the top two. Um, but I mean, guess Ipswich have made a habit like Sunderland did of. of signing well and messing it up so we'll we'll wait and see around Christmas for them but um, but yeah I think um, we've done enough to get in the top six and I, I you know I think the way we play the goals that we're going to you know score as as well I, yeah I think I'm confident with the squad we've got with the signings we've made I'm very I'm pretty confident very confident in fact that we're going to be in the top six and that is our clip for uh, for this week, which I hope will be replayed around the world when Bolton uh, are triumphant next May. Um, right, okay, time to get our head around some headlines from the week. And as usual, Henry has picked the finest of the crop from the Bolton news. <laughs> Yes, well, uh, this was on Monday. It was an article uh, of a uh, comment from Ian Everett that then got into the uh, got into the notifications of a BBC commentator. Um, Hot weather gate, we call in it. Ian Everett said uh, he to punish the players for the abject performance against Carlisle. He was going to not not uh, give them time off. Not, not you know make them work harder, even harder this week, despite it being nearly 40 degrees. Um, some people pointed out that this is uh, unethical. Some people pointed out, well, we've been to Portugal on uh, on a, a trip, so hey, the weather will be quite similar there. Um, what do you think? Do you think it's uh, making a mountain out of a molehill, or, or do, you, uh, do you see the point of those who are uh, who are going against it? Well, I know for a fact that he cancelled a huge consignment of knobbly bobblies that were uh, due to be delivered <laughs> on Monday morning at uh, at Lostock. And by the way... Oh, well, Trafford won't like that. He no, loves ice cream. He? he was gutted. He was gutted, was Trafford. Uh, he, was, he was so looking forward to that. He had, uh, he had, a, he had a case of feasts just, just waiting <laughs> to go. He was uh, funny feet or something. Um now, look, it's Lostock anyway. I don't, I'm not even too sure that the heatwave even made Lostock. It's never, it's never hot there. <laughs> That's one of the, one of the things we look past. The fact that it's it's a completely different microclimate. Um, look, as I said on on the tweets, I think it, I know I don't want to get involved in a flipping row with anybody because there's just no point. Um, it probably would have chosen maybe better wording for what he said. Uh, he was a bit miffed after that Carlisle game, no question. Um, but why, why would you change? There was, there's no reason to change. He wasn't going to be taking them on huge, long slogs up Com- Crompton Lodges or, you know, round jumbles or anything like that. It, it was going to be a normal Monday, which is uh, on, on a Monday after a game is very much video based. You pretty much sat in an air conditioned uh, office, really, um, doing a lot of uh, analysis and things like that. So I doubt there was particularly a huge amount of um, physical stuff on Monday. Um, and on Tuesday, they had the option of, of tailing. They've got a very, very good 
medical unit who know all about their players. They are they're linked up to every single machine under the sun nowadays as well when they train. So if there if there is any fatigue and if there is any um, medical issues, they are very quickly on that sort of thing. Hydration, as well as as we've talked about in the podcast before, um, is is massive as far as Bolt Wonders are concerned. They you know they they test absolutely everything, and and I don't want to go into the, the finer details, but honestly, they can tell what you've been drinking and and how much you've been drinking of it. So it's uh, they are it's extremely uh, well detailed, and I don't think we need to worry that. Um, he was making them do burpees, shirts and skins, and uh, and flaying the skin from their shoulders at all. It, it was it was never going to happen. <laughs> um, elsewhere, the uh, the fan zone is taking shape. I know you shared a few photos of it the uh, um, the other day on on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like it is happening, and the club are very promised. They they the club are very hopeful that it's going to be there for the Wickham game. Not for Huddersfield this weekend, but the Wickham game in two and a half weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that. it should be up and running then. And I believe as well that there's going to be some... It's not just pie and peas that is being uh, sold. There's going to be quite a few interesting uh, food outlets there as well. Yes, I think there may be a bit more of this to, to come anyway with, with what's going in there. But certainly the guys at Namploy Thai have got... Uh, a big say in it. I think they're one of the principal sponsors. I think they supplied some of the equipment and, and that kind of thing as well. Um, there's going to be a big, big bar. There's going to be a Prosecco bar and a beer bar, I'm told. Um, okay. there, there's going to be uh, Thai food, Thai street food being sold there, amongst other food offerings. Um, big, big TV, uh, room for local bands and such like to play as well as and when. Um, so it's it's all looking good. There's going to be loads of shade for the summer and loads of shelter for the winter. Because um, it's quite a big project. You don't know that you can really tell from the, the picture, pictures that I put out early in the week. It's a lot bigger than I expected it to be, if I'm honest. If it was round near Bolton Central, I don't think it would have been anywhere near as big. Mm. Um, but they've had to go through quite a lot of planning um, problems to get, to get round there and uh, give up obviously a piece of prime parking land as well, which I know has, has caused a few concerns. But I, I think they've uh, they've compensated, or it certainly looks like they're compensating from it by by rejigging what they've got already. So yeah, it's it's I think it's going to be really exciting. But I, what I'm very interested to know, and, and what I, I think, you know, let's 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 have your thoughts on it. If we're um, if we're naming a bar after somebody, who does it who does it get named after? Oh, now this is, uh, I've, I've seen one or two people talk about this on social media. Obviously, the natural one would be Lofthouse, but I don't know. I think Nat's got a statue and a, and a stand named after him. Yeah. Which, I mean, listen, Nat Lofthouse could have a stadium named after him, but I'm thinking we should share it out a bit. A few people are saying John McGinley. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to say, I think, especially for a, if it's a, like, I don't know, the fan zone or maybe a bar or something. I think you've got to go Big Sam, surely. Here's here's an idea. Big Sam's bar, right? But selling pints of wine. <laughs> yes, I don't know whether Sam would enjoy that. <laughs> but uh, well, I think he would. He would enjoy it. He would. He would make the most of it. Whether he was wants to be reminded of that uh, whenever he visits the stadium, I'm not sure. But <laughs> uh, yeah, Sam's maybe stick tough things. Perhaps. Oh, stick t- 
Stig Tofting should uh, be on the back of every single one of the bouncers. So there'll be security and Stig Tofting's name should be on the back of, uh, of each one. Or he, he should personally train every single one of the bouncers. Potentially. Yeah, actually, Stig Tofting could have the, the sauce dispenser. Um, it could be Stig Sauces. <laughs> Stig Sauces, yeah. Tomato ketchup. Although that's he's in a band as well. Do you know what? What would be great is if they got uh, got ex-Bolt Mondras players to bring uh, their, their mu- musical instruments in. Stig, Stig Tofting is definitely in a band in Denmark. It's a heavy metal band. Um, Keith Brannigan, there's that famous clip of him on Granada Reports. I think he does a bit of uh, guitar as well. There's definitely scope for some li- live Wanderers music as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, that would be good, and that could that would warm up those chilly Saturdays. The, I mean, the fan zone is going to be great in the first few home games of the season. That December, when it gets to December, though, <laughs> I, as as nice as sort of Thai street food is, whether it'll work in um, you know one degrees in uh, at the stadium in December, uh, I'm not quite sure. But um, yeah, I'm willing. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing how it does. Yeah, I. I, I... I'm really. Well, I want your. Uh, I want your your uh, suggestions. By the way, uh, dear listeners, I was going to call you readers. You, you are readers as well, I'm sure. But uh, dear listeners, I want your suggestions. We want some wondrous themed things to go in the fan zone. It's a fan. It's it's not for. It's only for fun. But uh, some wondrous fans things and some wondrous fans uh, themed foods and drinks as well to be sold there. Usual email address. You know it by now. Uh, let's move on. Uh, yeah. Well, talking about. Um sort of improvements around the stadium. A, a few people have noticed that um, the, you know, the, the stadium has been given a lick of paint. I've got a save. I saw a picture the other day and it was, um, as the turnstiles you go in, there's sort of signs above them saying what, you know, where, where you are, sort of like mm. section B and C and whatever. And as nice as it looks, and it does look nice, there's a little part of me that thinks that, that what was there before had been there for 25 years, the sort of yellow, with that sort of sharp font, um, so yeah, it was. It's as it did need updating, but there was a little part of me that was like, "Oh, that's been there for twenty five years." But um, it looks very smart. The, the, the I, I thought in my recent trips to the stadium last season that um, the floodlights were looking a bit, you know, looking a bit grubby at yeah. the bottom. Yeah. So apparently they've done them as well and. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's good to see that the, the stadium is having a lick of paint because it's a gorgeous stadium and it's a shame when you see it and it's just, it's got that imperfections. Well, honestly, I had a, a little walk around there the other day. Um, carpets, everywhere's changed. All the carpets have changed. So the place smells differently because you know what it's like when you put down a new carpet, everything smells of carpet. Um, but yeah. even, even in the tunnel area, they've got rid of what was the old kind of green, like almost like AstroTurf type stuff all nicely carpeted everywhere it's nicely freshly painted they've got rid of the actual tunnel itself it's all very open now there's no real tunnel the kind of the extendable bit oh, is, is well, what, what's joe cole gonna kick when he comes back now <laughs> well i don't I, I don't know they've opened everything up even in reception where you go into the reception you used to get fronted by this big kind of glass brick wall type thing and then behind it would be jackie on reception now you can just see Jackie on reception. You walk straight in. It's 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 they've added a, a whole fresh dimension to the place. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it, there's a lot of changes. Loads of uh, painting going on. They've uh, apparently painted all the kind of the, the the bits where you go into the concourse from the stands and such. Like I forget what they're called, vomitories. 
Is that, have I just made that word up? Maybe. You might well have done, but we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Why not? Uh, so, yes, I think... Um, do you know what? I spent all yesterday trying to remember that word, and then in, in about two seconds, I've just ran to, managed to conjure it up on a podcast. That's so annoying. Anyway, um, so, yes, they've done a lot of work, and I think, as one person pointed out on social media yesterday, that actually, in this day and age, you know, that's probably quite low down on the, the general scheme of things, of things that need to get done. You could very easily have saved, and let's be honest, it's quite a few thousand pounds, you'd imagine, on, on, on cleaning floodlights and, and painting doors. Could have easily saved that and, and gone and spent it on a player or spent it on some wages or a new contract. But actually, it's more a case of pride in the club, and it does send out a very good message. And I think we, we do go back to, we hark on about the Bruce Rioch era and what happened at Burnham Park. And one of the first things he did, of course, is get paintbrushes in players' hands and make sure that brickwork, door, you know, everything was painted and looked good. That's the first thing he did. Often we say that's the first step towards the whole white hot era. So it would be nice to think that this will have a positive effect now on, on the playing staff and on, on the, the players and on the fans as well, because it's 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 slowly turning back around to, to where we want it really isn't it it is yeah and it's nice to you just hear little things about what the the owners are doing and um you know the stadium as i said before there were little imperfections you know walking up from the concourse that like you notice the steps into the ground uh, they were kind of crumbling and mm. um yeah for such a nice stadium it's uh it's great to see that it's, it's been done up um, but it's just little things you hear, like a, a mate of mine does, um, he do, he's, the company he works for does all the, the pipes and the plumbing at, for the club and they said that they're, they've been, you know, they're getting the training ground, you know, all new showers and stuff put in there. So it's it's just little things like that that you think, right, they have, it's kind of as if they're, tick, they're ticking stuff off and they've gone, right, we've, we've got the squad. Because Sharon Britton said it would take three years for the squad to get to where they want it and it, mm. it has done actually they were they were writing that prediction so now it's like right well those plates they're spinning let's concentrate on everything else let's make it look great and then they'll move on to something else so yeah it's good and i'm, I'm really looking forward to that um i don't know whether i'll be there on on saturday but i'm, I'm looking forward to the wickham game to see all of these uh to see the new look um uniball with the mm. the fan zone as well and uh yeah, I think uh, you know it's like anything. If you if if the place looks good, if you're proud of your home, you, you're going to be. I don't know. It give you an extra bit of energy as a fan. So um, with the ed- added numbers as well, that'll be be there. It's uh, yeah, it's good to see. Which reminds me, looking around, I need to tidy up this kitchen. But anyway, um, let's let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, I think my wife's expecting me to tidy the house today. So the longer this podcast goes on, the longer it puts me <laughs> off doing it. Um, yeah, a bit of a, a concerning um, headline coming out of after the, the Carlisle game. Um, Kyle Dempsey and his dad were, were hurt in a, a bit of an incident um, out in Carlisle, I think, at the weekend. Um, what can you tell us about this? Uh, obviously, legally, what can you tell us about this? And, and how's Kyle doing? Yeah, I think we've got to be uh, tread, tread relatively carefully um, on it because it's an open... Um, investigation and there's been uh, uh, been police action already. Um, so the club the club statement, which I'll read out again, 
Um, Bolton Wanderers Football Club is aware of an incident which took place at the weekend. Carl Dempsey and his father are enjoying an evening out with their family in their hometown of Maryport following Saturday's pre-season friendly against his former club, Carlisle United. During the course of the evening, they were both subjected to an unprovoked assault which left them requiring medical treatment. Dempsey family will receive the full support of Chairman Sharon Britton, manager Ian Everts at the club, while the incident is being investigated by Cumbria Police. No further comment will be made at this time. So... Yes, Bolton Wanderers uh, uh, describing it as an unprovoked assault. Um, that may that may paint a picture for some people. I don't think it's right for us to start worrying about. I, 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 I'm told he's fine. I'm told there's no massive lasting damage or anything like that. But obviously, it's something that he's going to have to get through with his dad as well, um, and and speak to the uh, the relevant authorities. I thought it was important. We had, we kind of touched on it as far as the podcast concerned because it did happen. It was a it was a headline from this week. But unfortunately, I can't add too much more in terms of detail. Um, because it's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair to speculate on it, and I would get my uh, backside handed to me by um, Cumbria Police, no doubt. Yeah, and that's the last thing we want. No, um, no. Moving on then, uh, and it's uh, on the pitch matters. Dapo, um, we saw in the um, was it the Watford game where yes. he played up front, yeah. and we talked about it last week, and he he was remembered the. Sunderland game last year where he played in a similar position. Um, Ian Everett said that that could be something we see more of in uh, in the season, which means we've uh, we've now got five strikers. Dapo as a striker, when I mean, we said last week, I, I like the idea personally. I think mm. it's, it's worked really well, especially when he plays with Dion. Whether you can keep all the rest of the strikers happy and, and do that, I'm not too sure. But again, it's probably another option, another combination that... Um, that they can try even even within a game, I'd imagine, with if Dapo's playing as a number ten. So, um, yeah, I think it's a really good thing. I, I I fancy Dapo. I think somebody said asked on on social media last week how many how many goals do you think Dapo will score this season. I think he'll get in double figures again. Me, I, I especially. I mean, maybe even more if he gets put up front regularly. But if if he stays in that ten, I think there was ample evidence towards the end of the season that he was getting to grips with with where he needed to be. He was picking up a couple of goals again. I think if he starts there this season, if he plays a whole season at number 10, I think he'll get 10 goals. If he if he, if he he plays off the left or if he plays up front, I think he could get more. How about you? Uh, yeah, I think this season for Dapo, um, he could be very prolific. We, we've seen uh, at the start of last season and towards the end, I think when he's not got as much pressure on him, he plays better and he's, yeah, he feels... Yeah a bit freer and uh, I think it was the middle part of a season um, especially December and November where he, he was a bit quiet on the goal scoring front and I think that was because there were so much pressure on him I think it was the Ipswich game at home where he scored and that was because we'd, I think we'd, that was the game where we'd signed Morley and Trafford and it, it seemed to click from there and you could tell with Dapo so yeah I think he's if he plays up front or, or in the sort of just behind the strike, because if he's got a central role and he's, um, say, uh, they, they we're playing with two up front and then it can become a three with Dapo, then yeah, I think he'll score a hat full of goals because we know how good he is in this in this league. Absolutely, he's played up front as well before in his, his non-league days with Solihull, so mm. it's not it's not foreign to him in any way, shape, or form. Um, obviously, the, the standard of football is slightly different, but uh, no, I, I think it's going to be a big season for Dapo. I think. He's uh, 
come come January, I think we're going to be uh, be fending off uh, more more speculation. But uh, for now, he's uh, he's Bolton Wanderers, and uh, it's going to be a good season for him. I can tell it. Yeah, uh, and now the last headline, and I kind of touched on this before when I was saying that I think Thomason might play uh, a few times this year. Um, he's actually come out and said um, that he feels he can become a first team regular this season. I mean, I've I've had my say on it. What do you agree with him, Mark? What do you think for Thomason? Well, I think with with, with George, it all came from a, a question of, of mine was was talking about the fact that we're we're back here again. And every time we speak to George at the start of the season, it, you, you kind of find yourself harking back to, oh, do you remember where you were, you know, two seasons ago, through last season, 12 months ago? And and it's always kind of looking back and, and appreciating where George has come from. But what George rightly pointed out is, listen, I've been around this place long enough now for me to be considered a first-team player. I don't want to be this kid who's, you know, a raw kid who's come through from non-league. Um, I'm working hard and I feel like I'm getting somewhere uh, to be to be considered a first-team choice. And, and what you said earlier about maybe being an option to, to MJ or is... I don't know. I'd, I'm not sure necessarily he is, he is as, as uh, combative maybe as, as as MJ certainly hasn't got the kind of the aerial ability, but he's got some, it is, there's some, I want him to find a, a niche in that midfield. I, I do. I want to be able to say that is the position he is best at this season. I think if I was to give him any sort of target, that, that'd be what I want. It's clear that Ian Everton and his staff like him. They rate him or else he wouldn't be anywhere near the first team at the minute. So, I, it's 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 going to be tough for him to get a lot of games, but I hope that he gets the, he takes the chances. He's got a great attitude. That's one thing you can definitely say for him. If he gets an opportunity, he's not going to be one of those who sulks or plays, you know, beneath his level because he hasn't been in the previous game. He does tend to give it a hundred percent, and I do like that about him. So uh, no, I wish I wish him well, and like I say, I just hope we can get a little bit more uh, specificity or whatever, whatever you call it uh, mm. on on his on his position for this season. Yeah, you, it's, you you forget how long he has been with us. And it, actually, if you look at the the squad, he's one of our oldest serving players. He's, now he's the only that. one that was so, only one that was signed by Keith Hill. There you go. So he is our uh, longest serving player, <laughs> amazingly. But um, yeah, it's uh, I I think Tom what Thomason's very good at is kind of um, getting the ball and looking up and mm. and like we saw I think it was the Cheltenham game at home last year we were spraying passes out and I think it was I'm, I, I might be doing someone else a disservice but I'm sure it was his pass that led to the um, Kachunga goal so um, he could maybe do that role something that MJ perhaps doesn't do as much is uh, you know he's more of a sharp passing kind of Get you know, break play up, get the ball, sharp passes. Maybe he's somewhere in who in that sort of position could get the ball, look up and and pass it to the wings. Um, and he does work hard. He works very hard. And you know, I think sometimes when I've been watching in the crowd, he he when he plays, he gets a bit of stick. And if it doesn't quite work out, it it you know people get frustrated. But I I like him. I, I I do think there's something there. So uh, I, I hope we do see more of him this year. Right. That sounds like time to open up the post bag once again and see what you lot have got for us. Is that Philip Marish? Emails, actually. 
I'm only going to read out one email this week, partly because I'm saving a few for next week's podcast, which we're going to be recording early. Uh, But secondly, because it covers a pretty big issue that we didn't cover in headlines as well. So um, let me just quickly find the name. It's from Brian Allen. Brian, thank you very much. Hi, Mark and Henry. Thanks for a great podcast. I was interested in the discussion this week regarding abolishing the printed programme. I'm very much a supporter of the printed programme and it'd be sad to see it go. We live in Spain and we make the journey to the Uniball at least twice during the season. One of the treasures we bring back is the programme. Um, which is, that, that's that's not the point I'm getting to, but uh, we'll we'll get to the programme a little bit later in the, uh, in, in the uh, podcast because we're going to dig out some more gems. But um, the other topic, and this is the one I want to talk about, the other topic you discussed was the EFL's televised matches. For me, it's worth every penny for the season. It allows us to watch every game live, home and away. Wanderers commentary team are one of the best. They do work, work hard at reporting on the match and giving a balanced commentary, unlike some of the other clubs. Some months ago, you and Henry were discussing the possibility of Wanderers TV. Is there any more development on that possibility, such as a service being available? I watch all the posts the club put on YouTube, which gives the impression that most of the structure is in place. Keep up the good work, chaps. It's really appreciated. So, yes, if you read uh, the... Uh, athletic article earlier in the week about I follow and Andy Holt's um, regular missives on on I follow. He's definitely not a big fan of the current structure. It's fair to say the Accrington Stanley chairman. He's not a big fan of the EFL, is he? Let's be honest. No. <laughs> um, and uh, he only seems to post at certain times of the day, which is very strange. But anyway, um, he, he makes a point, and it, I think it's a fair point that the. It does, the way that it's structured at the moment does favour clubs like Bolton. And Bolton, so the article says, made around half a million pounds from iFollow, which is not to be sniffed at, of course. Neil Hart was quoted in that article as well by Phil Buckingham, a good mate of mine. Um, and he he's very much of the opinion that football has to get its head around the fact that streaming is the future. There is no turning back now. It's, it's going to have to happen. Um, and that he's very pro I follow because, of course, it's working out well for his club. So, uh, first of all, wh- where do you kind of stand on it? In as in as much as it, the the big the big debate, of course, is is how much home teams get. They get a certain percentage. They get the first five hundred um, cells, as it were. Which which a lot of clubs won't even make that five hundred. By the way, by the way, at th- that level, but Bolton certainly do, and then anything above that is kept by the away club. Do you think that's fair? Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I can see both sides of it. I can see what Andy Holt's point in that our television revenue is shared, um, you know, amongst all the clubs equally. So you could argue, well, is it a form of television income? Mm. But at the same time, I can also understand what, what Bolton is saying, that, yeah, why would why would we be penalised for having more fans than an Accrington Stanley or a Salford or or whatever. Um but I think I think it's just a sign of what is probably gonna gonna come. I think um we you know we've discussed it before, the sort of is streaming gonna become more prevalent as we move on? It it probably is. Then you could argue, well, will Bolton suffer if every match was available to stream? when it gets to December or January and it's it's freezing cold and maybe the players aren't playing that well, then a, a, a lot of Bolton fans, a couple, the, the gates could be a few 
a Gates, ironically, could be the amount of that Accrington get on a good day. Mm. They could be down because people are going, well, I'll just watch it at home. I'm not going to bother. So, yeah, there's two sides to it. Naturally, as a Bolton fan, I'm going to see our side of it. However, if it was in the Premier League and the same thing, then I would probably be on the Andy Holt side and go, well, it's not fair that Man United are taking it all when we should have it. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the league is a meritocracy. I mean, unfortunately, the the, the bigger clubs do end up top of the pile more more often than not. That's unfortunately the way it is. We know with this podcast, for example, that Bolton have got a massive following away from home, like away from the UK. So a lot, about a third of our listenership comes from people who are based in a completely different country and just want to keep in touch. So I, I, I like our, our uh, listener there, Brian, who lives in Spain, a lot of people use, use iFollow as a way of keeping in touch. And I do wonder, and I'm, I'm not sure because I don't listen to it, obviously I'm at the game myself, but what... How, how often is Derek and, and, and Bolton FM on? Is it just home games or is it some, sometimes away games as well? Uh, no, it's both. Yeah, they said, yeah. you know, they send Derek, don't they? And uh, yeah, I mean, you can choose. You can choose whether you have the home or away commentary. But um, yeah, and I think he's right. I think Derek does a brilliant job. Mm. No, he does. does. And, and Bolton, in, the, in as much as they send a, a radio station, they've got a deal with Bolton FM. They have all the equipment. They do do it properly. They do treat it a lot better than a lot of other clubs I see who maybe have a, a couple of fans not necessarily as professional, not necessarily as polished. And, and Bolton FM obviously bring in uh, co-commentators as well. And, and I think they do substantiate the fact that it gets a little bit more, if you know what I mean. I, I think mm. the idea of this Bolton TV, we've talked about it quite a few, I, I see that as being the future, whether whether that will ever come in as part of the EFL agreement or whether the, they'd have to wait until the whole I follow thing expires and, and clubs are you know, permitted to break away. Um, I don't know. I don't know how it uh, how that's going to that's gonna come, but they've voted to expand the number of games that are going to be available, haven't they? They're going to have games on during the World Cup. They're going to have um, the three o'clock Saturday thing is still protected aside from the World Cup. But there's there's other um, examples of, of games that weren't available last season that will be. So it's, it's steadily been eroded, the number of games that are actually being protected. Uh, so it seems to me an absolute no-brainer, really, that, that every club is going to look towards doing something in-house themselves. And when that happens, you know, Andy Holt will have to do something for his fan base and he's not really going to have a lot to, to say about it. It's kind of like you're, you're almost kind of denying the obvious, really. Yeah, um, I know. I think it's... It, it, yeah, it's like you said, you know, we why should... If Bolton are going to get the, uh, you know, do it properly, mm. um, then yeah, why should they they share the money with the likes of Burton or Accrington who who will will struggle to do that? But at the same time, I can understand if they're only getting, oh, I don't know, five hundred people who are signing up to it, then yeah, why would you? Why would you do things? It's to be not, fair, it's not even that much. It's not even that much, Henry. I mean, I, I genuinely wish they would put the figures out so you could see just how absolutely disproportionate teams like Bradford, Sunderland, Bolton, Ipswich, Coventry are compared to the Crawleys, the Salfords, the Accringtons, the Burtons. It's absolutely 
phenomenal how many more there are. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's something for the future. It's something um, I'm sure they'll work it out. And, I, you know, I, I, I do think Andy Holt will get his way at some point. I think they'll share it out a bit more. But then you've got to... You've got to think then that the EFL, you know, Bolton do a good job on commentary, but the EFL, there's questions about the quality of iFollow. You know, there's one camera and it's uh, they show replays during key periods of the match. I think when we played Wigan, Bod Varson's goal, people missed it because of a replay. So they've got to, if they're going to share the money about, they've got to do a better service and they've got to have more cameras there and they've got to, they've got to, you know, make it better for the consumer because for Bolton fans, why is it if we're paying our ten pound to thinking right? Well, the vast majority of this is going to go to the club. If it suddenly doesn't, then why should we pay to to have a shoddy service? I think then you know, I think this is where the EFL they, they either keep it as it is and just say right, we'll provide a camera and nothing else. Um, or they go, right, well, we're going to share the money about, but we're going to give you this this great service and then you can do whatever you want around it. Yeah, I think that'll be the future. Right, OK, thanks very much for email, Brian. That's given us uh, something to get our teeth into without a doubt. If you have got views on iFollow or anything else we've mentioned and uh, on this podcast, then please give us an email on the following address. So you want to bring something up on the buff? Email Mark and Henry on thebuffmail at gmail.com. That's... T-H-E-B-U-F-F-M-A-I-L all one word at gmail.com and sorry to the male escort who probably getting some unsolicited Bolton Wanderers correspondence from the people who spell that incorrectly. Okay, this year we are running a very special mini-league for fans of the Buff Podcast. Fantasy Football League. Yes, it's the Premier League. Yes, I wish they did a League One one, but they don't. Um, But we're still doing it anyway. Uh, We've got some prizes to hand out over the course of the season. And I might just give one out for the uh, the best team name because I've spotted a few great ones that have cropped up. A couple of the early contenders. uh, Jussie Riot by Chris Merrills. I do Mm. love that one. Um, Evolution FC by Adam Chadwick. Uh, Hakuna Nakata by Brian White nice very nice um, Not Too Fossy by Luke Broderick um, mm. which makes me a bit sad to be honest but uh, there we go uh, the Buff League is called the Buff Invitational I should say it's called the Buff Invitational uh, the league code will be buried in the notes of this podcast and on the Bolton News website so join in it's all good fun get your team in quick Henry, I notice uh, that uh, you haven't put your team in yet. You're still thinking about uh, about what it's called. Uh, yeah, I uh, traditionally, which means nothing to anyone other than myself, I do it the week of the first game of the Premier League. So it will be there. Don't worry. Uh, but it'll be um, it'll be after the Ipswich game. I'll do it. I, I want to leave it. I want to get right to the the last point of going right. These are my players. Here is <laughs> playing, and then I think of a team name. Yeah, I've made about four hundred transfers so far. I've been, I've the, my team name means absolutely nothing to anybody. It's called Quixotic Hebertude, um, which is actually a Google Whack, or it was a Google Whack when Google Whacks were a thing, uh, and it was the Google Whack that I got. Uh, so that's the whack call them that. Anyway, right, um, we promised you a delve into some old programs, and uh, I like reading the player Q and A's. Um, but should we do a very very quick quiz before we start yes. that? 
I picked up a programme before, and it was against Ipswich Town, weirdly enough, from August 2019. Um, and there is, within its pages, a Nat Lofthouse quiz. So, I'll uh, rattle through a few of these questions. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Number one, Nathaniel Lofthouse was born on August 27th of which year? 1920, 1925 or 1930? Oh, um, he's one of the 20s. I'm going to say 1920. It's 25. Oh. Now, I, I, I actually looked at the answer for that. I haven't, I'm going to cover the answers until uh, I, so I can help you. So, number two, he made his debut in a 5 1 win against Berry in March 1941 in the Wartime League. But how many goals did he score that day? One, two, or three? I think, oh. I think it was a couple. Yeah, yeah two, I'm going to go for. So I don't think it was a hat trick. Question number two is. It's upside down, I can't even read it. Uh, two. Yes, it is two. Oh, yeah. good grief. Uh, number three. How old was he when he eventually earned his first England cap? 20 or 25? Oh, um, 25. He was 1950. What yeah. nickname did he acquire whilst playing for the national side? If you don't oh, know that, easy. you need to... The Lion of Vienna. Of course, of course. It'd be great if he was just like uh, Natty. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, right, it would be natty. I was going to say lofty, but that actually was a nickname. That actually was. Well. Yeah. Yeah. In the 1958 FA Cup final, what's the name of the goalkeeper that Nat Lofthouse bundled into the net while scoring the second goal? Uh, what's he called? Harry uh, Greg, is it? Is that I, was, right? I was going to give you a clue and say it was a well-known bakery, but uh, Harry Greenhouse yeah. uh, was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Harry, <laughs> Harry Pound Bakery. Harry Carr's pasties. Um, yeah, of course, we should say that. No, um, don't, don't oh, have to anymore. They don't sponsor us, Bugram. All right, well. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I sent you a picture tonight. Doncaster, they're um, the, in the concourse in the away end. They've got the, the Harry Gregg uh, food bar or whatever it is. Absolutely, absolutely. And, yeah. and Bolton fans are forever just, just barging it out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Like running full pelt into it. Um, right, how many goals did he score in 33 appearances for England? Uh, 30. Correct. Uh, Lofthouse spent his entire career with Bolton Wanderers, true or false? True. It is true. Um, which stand at the University of Bolton Stadium is named after Nat? Sorry, I just thought, man, I've, uh, oh, we forgot about the loan to Appleton Coles. Can you imagine? <laughs> Um, Played two games for Longridge right at the very, very beginning. <laughs> um, it is the East End. Uh, Lofty sadly passed away on January 24th, 2011 and was honoured at the club's next home game. Who was that against? Oh, Chelsea. Oh, that God, was, yeah, 4-0. Uh, yeah, he was, he nice was not honoured in that game, in all fairness. Not certainly not by no. the team, it was terrible. Um, and question 10 to finish it off what year did the club unveil a statue of the loft house uh, of loft house outside the stadium of the loft um, house 2013 that is magical well done you got most of them right and I had the answers here and I couldn't read it fast enough because it, it's upside down I have a problem with reading upside down it would seem anyway um, right, so just a couple of little gems uh, because I did promise you that I would uh, I would tell you um, what David Wheat's favourite film was uh, what would what would David Wheater's favourite film be? He's into his wrestling. I'm going to go with the wrestler. 
that would be a very educated and logical one. No, it's dumb and dumber, which when you think about it, makes more yeah. sense, really. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's it. Him and Josh Vellard were doing their best uh, to reenact that during the uh, promotion uh, and relegation surviving parties of a few years ago. So Darren Prattley's uh, Q&A was interesting. Um, they asked him what superpower he would like. What what superpower do you think Darren Prattley would take? Oof. He'd go for an obvious one. Like, he'd go for, I don't know. You're right. Flying. You? Yeah, that's exactly what he got. That's exactly what he got. Um, but interestingly, his pre-match meal, his perfect, sorry, sorry, his perfect meal, what do you reckon he'd have? His per- for pre uh, his perfect meal. Um, I don't know pizza, pasta, steak, vegetables, and garlic bread. That's about two meals. Oh, he's catering for Bolton fans there, and he with a garlic bread. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, chuck that one without a problem. Favorite flavor of ice cream for Darren Prattley? Mint chop chip. That is amazing. How the hell did you get that? <laughs> <laughs> hey. I've never met him, but I uh, I know. I, he just looks like a mint chocolate chip kind of guy. Absolutely. Right. Josh Vella. Let's have a seat. Oh, oh I've just lost it. Then. Uh, Josh Josh Vella. Let's have a seat. He's got an interesting pre-match meal. Do you want to know what Josh Vella's pre-match meal is? Josh the- Vella, what would Josh Vella have? He'd have chicken nuggets and chips. It's not a million miles off, to be honest. It's chicken, beans and a poached egg. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's great really what do you think about it um, what's his uh, pet peeve um, Chris Manning <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> getting a zero on player rating yeah yeah um, pet peeve uh, I don't know he's, he's going to go for an obvious one as well isn't he uh, pet peeve I don't know People who smell, I don't know. Uh, it's traffic. It's traffic. Traffic. I was yeah. going to. I was thinking cars, actually. Yeah, yeah. And what what spice do you reckon he gets in Nando's? <laughs> medium, straight <laughs> down the middle. It is medium. It is straight yeah. down the middle. Fantastic. Uh, a little bit more wheater, because quite frankly, you imagine his ones are great. Um, Favorite actor is Will Ferrell. That's great. Uh, pretty much meal is toast and scrambled egg. Um, what did he support when he grew up? Obviously, when he was growing up, obviously it's Middlesbrough. And let's have a see. Who was who was David Wheater's childhood hero? Oh, Hulk Hogan. Well, he's a bit younger than that. Steve Stone, Austin, the Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh yeah, obviously that was <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? You think of his football. Like I'm 32 now, and I forget that most of his footballers are only like four or five years older than me. Or yeah, Stone Cold. Yeah, would yeah, he was up there for me as well. I was more of a rock man myself, but yeah, Stone Cold was cool. Last one from Wheater. Uh, favorite musician. Oh, he's he's into his. Uh, I don't know what would he'd be like. Uh. David Dave Grohl, Foo Fighters. Weirdly, Eminem. Oh, he's right. Okay, yeah, I never cool. would have had him out as a a, a, a big uh, Eminem fan, to be truthful. Um, and just the last one from from Mido Kamara. Remember Mido Kamara? I do remember Mido Kamara. Good old Mido Kamara. As I mean, if my phone would actually allow me to have a look at this bloody thing. Um, yes. So his his favourite hobby away from uh, football is reading, which is quite uh, quite tame, yeah, really. I suppose. Cool. Yeah. Um, his uh, favourite holiday destination is the United Arab Emirates, which is fine. His best country visited is Dubai, obviously. Um, what his pet hates cats. Doesn't like cats. 
All right. Um, if he wasn't a footballer, he'd be a businessman. Um, his favourite drink is apple juice, which is again um, pretty pretty tame. So it's tame, but it's nice in the morning. Can't yeah. eat an apple juice in the it morning. It's true. It's true. Um, his favourite flavour of uh, ice cream, based upon the tame theme. Vanilla. Of course it is. Um, I've, got, I've got to say, it's mine as well. I love vanilla. <laughs> I good know, grief. As it is. Yeah. Good grief. But my favourite one of Mido Kamara's, um, and, and I would love to sit down and, and watch this film with him, um, favourite movie? It's a, it's, oh. it's a Disney classic based on the Olympics. Oh, Hercules. Not the original Olympics, not like ancient Greek Olympics, no. <laughs> The Winter Olympics, Cool Runnings. Oh, Cool Runnings, right. Sorry, I was thinking animated. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, there was no Olympics in The Lion King. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, we just know that a little bit more about Mido Kamara now. Um, I, I, think it's, uh, I think it's worthwhile. Okay, right. If we had to pick the team, and we're going to have to be quick now because this is running over, but if we, if we had to pick the team for the opening day of the season... What would yours be? Uh, right, we've got obviously Trafford in goal. I think we both agree with that. Although Dixon has played well, so I'd have Dixon in for the Salford game. But uh, we're not looking at that yet. Um, <laughs> no, good blood. We're not, we're not recording two <laughs> podcasts at once. I'm not doing that editing job. Uh, are we not picking our team for the whole, every game of the season? <laughs> Just splice um, them up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think obviously, you know, Bradley on the right yeah. uh, and John on the left and then in, in the middle I'd yeah I'd, I'd go with the, the Jones Santos and Johnston three personally you're not, you're, not having, you're not having Idale there? No I think Idale yeah I think I think for a game at, against Ipswich as well you know it'd be a tough game I think I'd, I'd probably stick Johnston in there mm. would you have Idale in there? No I think you're right I think I would I think I would stick with, with Johnston for now I don't think it'll get a lot closer as, as time goes on, but against this type of opponent, I think you're I think you're right with that back five. So your midfield options. I'd go with MJ, uh, Kieran Lee, and I'd I'd probably I'd probably go with Dempsey. You know. Okay, interesting. interesting. What about you? I think I've got to play Morley. I've got to play Morley. Oh, yeah. I'm not editing it out. You've, you've, you've made that bed. You're going to line it, young man. That's going to happen. How can I forget about Morley? Oh, dear. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. I might have... You know what? Just just so we're going something different. I'll, yeah. Morley is on the bench, but... I would, oh, that's a tough one. It's a real tough one. Can we play 12 instead? <laughs> yeah. So, you're playing two up front, and I might add that, that Affeline hasn't been named yet. So, what's happening? Um, oh, this is. I tell you what, I'm glad I'm not Ian Everett. I, uh, I would not be able to sleep. No, I, how refreshing is this though compared to last year when, we, like, last Christmas when we were like, uh, "Can the can the tea lady play?" Well, we we shelved we shelved this as a concept if you remember early on in the podcast because it was just so boring. It was it's the same same team every single week. We could pick it from a mile off. Yeah. Oh, I. I... I, right, I'm, I'm going. This is tough. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll go Bud Varson and Charles. But I mean, what? A, like, 
Morley and Affalion, I I think we should play we should play rugby rugby rules in our fourteen so we can have Affalion and Morley in there. But <laughs> yeah, I, I'll go. I, I'm not gonna. I don't think we should unleash the uh, you know the the Dapo and Dion two just yet. I'd I'd go Bud Barson, but I feel I feel I, I'm sorry, Mark. I feel bad on Morley. I, well, I, I, look, it's, yeah. all right. it's all right. You've done it now. You pinned you pinned your midfield team sheet to the wall and left him crushed with no explanation whatsoever. <laughs> I pinned it to the wall, turned round and thought, "Oh, I forgot Morley." <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! I forgot you were here. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna drop another bombshell. I'm, I'm playing Morley. I'm playing MJ in the middle. Kieran Lee's on my bench. Dapo, Charles, and uh, Backer all start. Ooh, Backer, right, me. okay. I start Backer. I put Backer up front, I put Dapo on the left-hand side, I put Charles on the right-hand side of that uh, of that three. It's 3-4-3. Three, three. We're going for it at Portman Road. Nice. Let's do it. They're there for the taking, Ipswich. They, they're, they're too cocky. The fans are getting... I've seen them on social media. They think they're on the HMS. There's only one HMS and we can't all be on it. <laughs> no, they've got zero points, though. How can you be cocky with zero points? Yeah, and zero goals as well. I mean, the defense is tight. I'll give him that. But, uh... Uh, and we're well we're well above them on uh, on alphabetical order, miles above them. I don't know what the hell they're uh, they're playing at. How can they how can they be classified <laughs> as as favourites of the league? Um, I know right. we, we always have good starts, don't we? We're always in the always in the top six. Exactly that. That's you know when you do the the line graph of your league position, it always starts right up at the top for week zero, and then inevitably ends up uh, <laughs> falling down somewhere. Right. Okay. Fine. Fine. Well, we're going to have to finish this podcast somewhere. Um, and I thought I just I thought we'd bring back a bit more cultural aspect to it because we've had a poem, um, and nope. I, I assume. I assume this is uh, this is the same guy, but it was different email address because it's got a different email address, and I imagine he also went to Carlisle as well. So um, it, it's it's entitled West Stand Grump, um, but I'm going to call it an ode to Carlisle as well because he's clearly been there. So here we go. The season's getting closer and the weather's getting hot. If Bolton play as bad as that, promotion bound they're not. We'll spare young Aaron Morley wasn't really him the others need reminding though there is another way to win i love to see us pass it to work the ball around and see the opposition get more and more unwound but what good is possession when there is no shot at goal sacrificing ruthlessness in favor of control chuck one in the mixer said the old chap to my right but then he moaned at parky too he really played some What good is having Dapo, Yon Daddy, Dion too? If keep ball is plan A and B, it's all that we can do. You can brand me old fashioned, fuddy duddy frump, because I'll be watching anyhow, the West Stand's leading grump. There we go. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's very good. And I've been sat in the West Stand, he could be one of many. (laughs) Right. There, there is a special breed in that in that stand. There are some some long held opinions, is what I will say in that uh, in that stand. I hear them yeah. quite regularly. Yeah, definitely. I, do. I mean, the guy who sits uh, there's a guy who sits in the west stand lower towards where the away fans are. He he doesn't like Santos, <laughs> and I think this guy's won our player of the year in second in our player of the year the last two years, and he he just doesn't like him. 
and I think I don't, I don't, I don't understand personally. But he's, yeah, Santos could score a goal, and he'd go, well, he should have put it in the double corner. <laughs> Uh, you know what they say about opinions, but uh, there we go. Um, well, my opinion is that it's all we have time for this week, um, but make sure you join in again next Friday for a... Well, we're going to bring in the Buff Supercomputer for an exclusive League One produ- prediction. Not a production. Well, it could be a super exclusive production as well. Nobody else is doing it. Um, no. But yes, we're going to bring bring in the supercomputer. We're going to find out. We're going to exclusively reveal our 1-24 to 24, um, of League One. Uh, we've been working on it for weeks, haven't we, Henry? And we've been uh, been, been tweeting about it and, and getting, getting our... Because uh, our opinion matters so much to you. We're going to uh, get our 1-24 uh, out there. And and this year, we can't even miff off the uh, Wigan fans, which is a bit, a bit disappointing. Yeah, I've been... Um, yeah, I've, I've been... I have, I've been preparing it for for it so long that I've been preparing it for it the last two years. Yeah, <laughs> Sunderland's still down here. I can't even remember, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but until then, until you rejoin us next Friday, I have been Mark. Get me a strawberry mivy in a damp cloth aisles. And I have been Henry. Um, it's too hot, Hewitt. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been the buff. <laughs>